Lord Jesus, you are the Lord of the harvest. You said the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And so to beseech you to send out workers, Lord, I pray that you would touch hearts and there would be eight people that would step forward to, to lead small groups and be a part of coming alongside parents and, and making disciples who can make disciples who can make disciples. Lord, move among us. Send out the workers. Lord, thank you, too, for tomorrow and, and mops and a place for moms to come in a culture that doesn't appreciate moms. Pray that many would come and be refreshed and appreciated. The, the moms who don't know you would come to know you, and those who do would find great encouragement. <clears throat> Lord, we're here today because we all need you. We recognize that. That's why we're here. How I pray, as you know our needs, that you would meet our needs as we gather here today. And Lord, as we open up your word together, I pray that you would teach us, for we pray in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Throughout this series <clears throat> on one story, I've been asking for a helper, so I'm going to invite someone up just to ask a couple of simple questions, or you're going to answer, come on up, that'd be great, come on up. I like that right away, the hand went up. This is going to be fun, easy. First of all, hold this up nice and close to your mouth. Who are you? Ellie. Ellie. Okay, Ellie, other than Jesus, what's the best gift you've ever received? Um, to be adopted by my grandparents. Wow. That's pretty special. Okay. Uh, one more question. Who is Jesus? Jesus is our Savior and... He is also our father. Very good. Thank you very much. You did a great job. Thank you so much, Ellie. Thank you. Now, imagine, really the reason we gather together is to equip you so that you can be disciples and disciple makers. So this week, someone asked you, who is Jesus? Are you prepared to answer that? Now, if someone asks me, well, Smiley, who is Jesus? My, my first response, which is the, the point for today's message, is Jesus is fully God and fully man. That's who Jesus is. So I'm ready. Are you ready if someone asks you that question? It's really probably the most important question in life. Who is Jesus? Now, what we've been doing the last few weeks is we've been learning the one story of the Bible because the Bible is one story. And the one story of the Bible is the gospel, and we've been learning there's four chapters in it. <clears throat> there's creation and fall and redemption and consummation. There's been some repetition because I want to equip you. I want you to know and be able to share it yourself, not just to know it, but to be equipped to share it. Creation answers the question, where did everything come from? And we've learned that God created everything from nothing, and it was very good. Well, then what happened? We learned that's chapter 2, the fall. The fall wrecked everything. We spent two weeks and learned the fall wrecked everyone and everything. Uh, chapter 3, redemption. How do we fix it? How do we fix it? Well, we can't, but Jesus can. So today we're going to focus in on who is Jesus? He's fully God and fully man. And then next week we'll come back and focus on, well, what did Jesus do? He came to seek and save the lost. And then lastly, consummation is, where is history headed? How's history going to end? And we're going to learn that Jesus is coming back to restore all things. 
So the first goal in this series is I want to equip you to know and be able to confidently share the one story of the Bible. Second goal is I want you to develop the skill of asking questions. Uh, because asking questions open gospel conversations. And that's why every week I've shown you how easy it is. Just ask someone a question. Who is Jesus? If you'll study the Gospels, you'll see over and over again, Jesus asks questions, and questions get people to think and open conversations. So that's what we're learning to do. Okay, let's jump in and explore that Jesus is fully God and fully man. If you have your Bible, uh, turn with me to Genesis chapter 3. This is called the Proto-Evangel, the first Gospel Proclamation. Uh, we saw this a couple of weeks ago. Adam and Eve had sinned. The fall had happened, and this is the first time the gospel is proclaimed. God, speaking to the serpent, says, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head, and you shall bruise him on the heel. The first time the Savior was promised, it's that the Savior would be born of a woman. The Savior would be born of a woman, and when he was born, he would deal a fatal blow to Satan. He would crush his head, bruise his head, while Satan would bruise his heel. So that's where we start in Genesis 3. As we keep reading through the Old Testament, we learn first, born of a woman, then we get to Abraham, and the Savior would be a descendant of Abraham. And then we move on, and we'll find out the Savior would be from the tribe of Judah. And then we move on a little farther and we learn from the house of David. And we move on a little farther and we learn the Savior would be born in Bethlehem. And then we read the Savior would be born of a virgin. Now we pick up the story in the New Testament. In Matthew 1, verse 18, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. Right away, we hear that the Savior was born of a woman, just like it was said in Genesis. And the Savior was born of a virgin, just like it was said in Isaiah. Um, so we have a, a young couple, probably young teens, see Joseph and Mary, and they're betrothed. Betrothal is similar to engagement, but it's more formal and more binding, often would last for a year, and then the wedding would come at the end of the year, so they're engaged, and most of you know the story. They're, they're betrothed, and then an angel appears to Mary. Now, the desire of every Jewish woman from the time of Eve on was that they might be the mother of the Savior. And so the angel came and said to Mary, you're the one. You're the one. You're the one who will give birth to the Savior. And Mary goes, me? Yes. And she says, well, how can it be since I'm a virgin? And the angel says, the Holy Spirit can take care of it. The Holy Spirit can take care of it. And Mary responded, you remember, right? Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, be it done to me according to your word. So Mary's pregnant. <laughs> She's betrothed. And then the day comes where she has to tell Joseph, right? I mean, maybe you struggle over the virgin birth. You're not the only one. So Mary comes to Joseph and says, yes, it's true. It's true that I'm pregnant, but it's not what you think. It's not what you think. See, really, this child is by the Holy Spirit. You think Joseph was buying that? Uh, 
he wasn't buying that. And, and maybe he said, well, I'll give you a few credits for creativity. But believability, uh, I'm not buying that. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. The penalty in the Old Testament for having sex when you were betrothed to someone other than your, the one you were betrothed to was death. But, but Joseph loved uh, Mary, and, and he didn't want her to be put to death, and so he decided that he would end this marriage secretly because he just couldn't get over this. But he loved her, and so he, he's kind of thinking about this. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. It's true. What Mary told you was true. This child is, was conceived through the power of the Holy Spirit, and your wife-to-be will be the Savior of the world. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Did you know the name Jesus means Savior? Listen, she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and will bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Who is Jesus? Jesus is fully God. Do you see that? Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus is fully God. Who is Jesus? He's fully man. Do you see a, a, a child will be born, a son will be given? Two natures in one person. Jesus was indeed fully man. He was born. He learned. He grew. He was hungry. He was tired. He was thirsty. He was tempted. He died. Fully God, fully man in one person. Now, a few weeks ago, I shared with you the most important verse in the Bible. And I believe that the most important verse in the Bible is the first one. The first one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. If you believe that verse, you won't struggle over anything else that comes, including the virgin birth. If God could speak and everything came into being, then the virgin birth is, is just not that big of a, a deal, is it, for God? But if someone asked me the most amazing verse in the world, perhaps it's verse 23. Because what verse 23 says is that God entered the world through the womb of a woman. Is that crazy? Did you hear what I said? That God entered the world through the womb of a mother. Now, now let's think about that for a moment. God the Son was in the womb for nine months. Anybody else in here, like, impatient? Like, I hate to sit still. If I'm at a traffic light and it turns green, the person doesn't go, you know, you want to give them the horn. You ever just stop and think the one who was all-knowing was in the womb for nine months? And then listen to this. The hands that Jesus once formed now hold the one who formed her in the womb. Did you hear that? 
The hands Jesus once formed in her mother's womb now hold him. That's amazing, isn't it? And that's the story of who is Jesus? He's fully God and fully man. He's God who entered into the world through the womb of a mother, fully God, fully man. And Joseph awoke from his sleep um, and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son and he called his name Jesus. So, this year, the, the last few weeks, we've been learning a story, the one story of the Bible, and it's a rescue story, isn't it? Because we're, we're learning the story so that we can confidently share that story with others. And I believe everybody loves rescue stories, don't you? Matter of fact, this week, this week I go on to First Coast News, I go onto their website, and I read this thing. It says, St. Augustine Pilot rescues a family from Bahamas. So I click on it, and what do I find? I find Stephen Saprell. Who is Stephen Saprell? One of our members. He, he's a pilot. He's probably better known as Holly's husband, okay? <laughs> That's who he is. Well, what did he do? He rescued a family. He, he flew in a plane to the Bahamas to a family that lost everything in Hurricane Dorian, and he, he rescued them and brought them back. And it was a beautiful video. It was an amazing rescue story. Don't you love rescue stories? Do you realize that's our story? Do you? You see, chapter 1 is in the beginning there was paradise. There was paradise on earth, right? And then chapter 2, what? The fall. Just like that hurricane, the fall, what? Wrecked everything. And we too were helpless, right? We couldn't rescue ourselves, right? So Jesus comes to rescue us. Listen, Jesus is a unique person because he came for a unique mission. Who is Jesus? He's fully God and fully man in one person. Why him? Why a unique person? Because he had a unique mission to seek and save us. You see, here's, here's the bad news of the gospel. The bad news of the gospel is we are sinners by birth and by choice. And that is that every one of us inherited from our parents a sinful human nature, and then we all developed our own particular style of sinning against God. You say, well, what is a sin? A sin is a crime against God, and every one of us Listen, we have our own style of committing crimes against God in thought and word and deed, and God is just, and we are in big trouble. What we deserve for what we have done is hell, and we can't save ourselves. We are helpless. But here's the good news. Here's the good news. Jesus came to seek and save us. Who is Jesus? Behold, the virgin shall be with child and will bear a son, and they shall call his name Jesus, or they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Listen, Jesus came into the world in a unique way. Follow me a little bit, okay? We're born sinners, right? We have a earthly father and mother, and we inherit from our parents a sinful human nature. And the ladies are really gonna like this, okay? Follow with me. So we get a sinful human nature, right? Well, Jesus had a mother, an earthly mother, but no earthly father. Are you tracking with me now? 
And he received a, a human nature, but it wasn't a sinful human nature. So where do we get our sinful human nature from, huh? We get it from our, thank you, we get it from our dads, right? So Jesus had to come into the world in a unique way to fulfill the mission that he had. So Jesus was fully man. He had a human nature, but it wasn't scarred by sin like ours. His human nature was more like Adam than ours. He was fully human, but not, he did not have a sinful human nature. He couldn't save us if he was scarred by sin. So he came into the world in a unique way because he had a unique mission. And um, it doesn't mean he wasn't tempted. The Bible says he was tempted in all ways as we are, yet without sin. So Jesus was tempted in all ways and yet without sin. So this one, who's fully God and fully man, comes into the world sinless, tempted like we are, never sins, and then goes to the cross. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. As a man, he could take our place. As God, his death in our place would be of infinite value. And so Jesus takes our sins upon himself, dies in our place, rises on the third day, and offers us salvation. That is, he offers to save us from our sins. He offers us the opportunity to do life with him and for him. And our part is to believe. Listen to this. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. How are we saved? We're saved when we believe in Jesus. And, and, and we love to say that's as simple as A, B, C, admit, believe, commit. To be saved, it begins with admit. There was a day in my life where I admitted to Jesus, I've sinned against you, and I'm sorry. And if you've never done that, won't you do that today? And then we believe, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose, won't you? And then we commit to Jesus as Savior and Lord. There was a day I said, Jesus, I want you to come in and forgive me and give me eternal life, and he did, won't you? And I said, I want you to be Lord of my life. Today the hostility ceases. Today I surrender. From now on, you're Lord. Won't you do that? You can do that now, or I'll give you a chance as we, as we have prayer in just a few moments. But notice what he says, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Jesus is fully God and fully man, and when we believe in him, we're saved. This year, <clears throat> this year we've been learning that Jesus wants us, invites us on a disciple-making adventure, and we learn that we all start in chair one. We all start as lost people. And when we hear the gospel and we believe we're no longer lost, we move over to chair two where we're believers. And as believers, Jesus says to us, follow me. Follow me, right? So <clears throat> Jesus is fully God and fully man. And that means when we become a believer that Jesus is our Savior and Lord. He's our Savior and Lord, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And when Jesus moves in, he says, I'm large and I'm in charge. Follow me. Um, I love the story by Tim Keller. 
Uh, Tim Keller is a pastor of Redeemer Church in New York City, and he says one day after a service, a lady comes up to him and says, I've been coming to church here for a while, and I'm thinking about joining here, but before I join, I have a question for you, and the question is, if I join this church, will I have to put away my lesbian lover? Well, will I have to put away my lesbian lover? And Tim Keller, I wish I was wise like he is, said, you're asking the wrong question. Says the question you should be asking is, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Because if Jesus is who he claimed to be, when Jesus moves into us, his intention is not to change one thing in our life. His intention is to change everything in our lives. Listen, when Jesus moves in, his intention is to change everything, isn't it? Isn't that what it means when he says, follow me? When I think about that, I think of it's a lot like getting married. When Karen and I got married, I had an apartment. And then we got married and she moved in and you know what she started to do? She started to take all my stuff. And you know what she started to do? To throw it all out. <laughs> Not all at once, but little by little she took all of my stuff and you know what she did? She threw it all away. And then you know what she started doing? She started bringing all of her stuff in. And listen, if you come into our house today, you'll know Karen lives there. I'm not sure you'll know I live there. <laughs> Isn't that what it means to be a Christian? Isn't it? Shouldn't people know Jesus lives in us? Oh, man, when Jesus moved into us, I mean, he began to throw stuff out. He said, you know, the way you talk to your parents has got to go. Uh, stealing things from people has got to go. The, you know, the way you throw Coke bottles at traffic signs when you drive by. That's got to go. And, you know, I could go on for hours, all that over the years he's thrown out and still is. And, and then Jesus began to build new things into me. He began to give me a love for him, so I wanted to follow after him. Don't you? And he put in me a love for his people, so I want to be with his people. Don't you? And he put in me a love for lost people. I want to share my faith. Don't you? See, Jesus is fully God and fully man. And what that means is that he's our Savior and Lord. When, when we move from being lost to being a believer, he says, follow me. What does it mean that Jesus is, our Lord, is fully God and fully man? It means that he's our model. He's our model for life and ministry. When we're sitting in chair two as a believer, Jesus says, follow me. Jesus lived on earth for 33 years. He showed us what the beautiful life looks like, and he invites us to follow his example. Are there temptations in your life that you'd like to overcome? Did you know that in the Bible, in the Bible we have a written record of how Jesus overcame temptation? And it's there... It's there so we could read it and follow the way he did. And so when we pick up his word and read it, we read in Matthew 4 that when Jesus was tempted, you see, he was tempted just like us. But when Jesus was tempted, how did he respond? He said, it is written, it is written, it is written. Jesus knew the word of God. He didn't own a copy like us, so it means he had memorized scripture. Have we? And Jesus believed there was power in the word of God. So he quoted scripture to overcome the evil one in temptation. 
Because the devil is a liar and a deceiver, and the way you overcome a liar and a deceiver is you overcome it with truth. So if we want to overcome temptation, Jesus says, follow me. And what do we see in his word that we overcome temptation by? It is written. It is written. It is written. <clears throat> Second thing that impresses me is Jesus uh, overcame temptation immediately. Immediately. He didn't entertain the thought. He dealt with it right away. I've heard someone say, you can't help if a bird lands on your head, but you can help if it builds a nest. We can't help the thoughts that pass through our mind, but we can help whether they stay there or not. And what I notice with Jesus is as soon as the bird landed on his head, he shooed it away. He didn't entertain the thought because the longer we entertain a thought, the greater the likelihood we're going to sin. So if we want to overcome temptation, what do we do? We look at Jesus and we follow his example because he says, follow me. He's our model for life. But he's also our model for ministry, isn't he? He's our model. Jesus doesn't want us to stay in chair two as a believer. He wants us to move to chair three and become a worker. And he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And so we say, well, well how do you become a fisher of men? And Jesus says, follow me and I'll show you how. Do you know we have a written record in his word of how Jesus did evangelism? And so he invites us to come and see and follow him, doesn't he? One of my favorite passages about learning how to share my faith is John chapter 4. And the first thing that strikes me is if we want to reach lost people, we need to go where lost people are. And that's what Jesus does. He goes where lost people are, do we? So the first thing, he went where lost people. The second thing, he asked for a favor. He said, would you give me a drink of water? I've heard that if help flows one way, it's always toxic. But if help flows both ways, it's helpful for both involved. So before Jesus tries to help her, he asks her to help him. Jesus went where lost people went. He, he asked her to do something for him. He started with the good news, didn't he? He started with the good news. He said, how would you like to never be thirsty again? How would you like to, to not have to come and draw water anymore? She said, man, I'm all in. Isn't that how we should start with good news? <laughs> how would you like to live forever? How would you like to, to be forgiven? So, so after he started with the good news, he brought the bad news. He didn't, he didn't hold back, did he? He said, why don't you go and call your husband? And she said, well, I, I don't have a husband. He says, you've answered correctly. You've had five husbands, and the one you're living with now is not your husband. You're a serial adulterer. Uh, he, he brought bad news, didn't he? And then he followed the bad news up with more good news. She said, I know the Savior is coming. And Jesus said, I who speak to you am he. And then, and then Jesus asked for a response. He asked for a response. And then when she believed in him, he said, maybe you should go and share it. And she goes into the village and the whole village comes out. So Jesus says, let's follow me. Want to reach lost people? Go where they are. Want to reach lost people? Ask them to do something for you. Want to reach lost people? Start with the good news. Want to reach lost people? Don't spare the bad news. Want to reach lost people? More good news. Ask for a response. Encourage them to go and tell others. Ed said he got a package. He didn't know what to do with it. He went to YouTube. 
Do you realize we have a written record of how Jesus did life and ministry so that we could follow his example because he's our example. He's our model in life and ministry. So Jesus is fully God and fully man. He's our Lord and Savior. He's our model for life and ministry. It means he understands. He understands and can help us. He understands and can help us. Let me show you this. Do you ever, you ever think about how Jesus was here on earth for 33 years? Uh, so listen to this. Therefore, since we have a great high priest, uh, no, wrong verse, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Um, Jesus understands what life here is like because he was here for 33 years. This past Monday, I did a wedding on a boat. I've done a lot of weddings. I don't think I've ever done a wedding on a boat. We took off from the city marina. We headed south on the intercoastal under sail. It was a sailboat. We got directly behind the home I grew up in and the wedding started. And I was just thinking to myself, if I'd have been sitting on that back porch like I did so often when I was young, and if someone had told me one day I would be a Christian, one day I would be a pastor, one day I would be officiating at a wedding directly behind that house, I would have asked, what planet are you from? <laughs> but there it was. I'm doing this wedding on this boat. It was, it was a beautiful day. The wedding went well. But when it was over, I asked the wedding planner, I said, where are you from? And she said, I'm from Fort Lauderdale. Well, I perked up. My wife's from Fort Lauderdale. I spent 12 years in South Florida. I said, where'd you go to high school? She said, I went to St. Thomas Aquinas. I said, my wife went to Northeast. And I said, where did you live? And she said, well, I lived right off Federal Highway between Oakland and Commercial. I said, really? She grew up just north of, of Commercial, right off of Federal on 18th Avenue. And we talked and talked about all these places because we had lived in the same place, right? You ever have conversations like that? You meet someone, they're from your hometown, and immediately you have something in common. You can talk about things you can't talk about with other people because they understand. Isn't it great to know Jesus lived in the neighborhood for 33 years? Isn't it good to know? Oh, man. When, when we find it so hard to forgive, and we go to Jesus and say, man, your word says I need to forgive, but it's so hard. You know what he says? I understand. I understand. Man, I was hurt so bad. But listen, I'll forgive you so you can forgive others. Isn't it great we have someone to go to who knows and understands? For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who was tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and may find grace to help in time of need. We live in a broken world and we suffer in it, don't we? And, and listen, being single is hard, and being a student's hard, and working's hard. And when we go to Jesus and say, man, it's so hard, there's so much suffering, you know what he says? I understand. I understand. I was betrayed. I was deserted. I was denied. They ripped my back open with whips. I was spit on. I understand. 
And when we ask Jesus, how did you do it? How did you do it? How did you do it? You know what he says? For the joy set before me. I knew that suffering was for a short time and then I would be with you in paradise forever. Jesus understands, Lord, help me. Help me to persevere through suffering, remembering the joy set before us, right? Jesus is fully God and fully man. It's so important we believe in him and we're saved. And, and then it's important for us to realize that, that, listen, he's our Savior and Lord, that he's our model for life and ministry, that he understands and can help us. So that's what we've learned, and that brings us to our action step this week, which is really simple. I, I, I want you to ask someone this week perhaps the most important question in all of life, and that's who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Now, uh, I've been doing that this week, and I would love to hear your story. If, when you ask someone this week who is Jesus, why not email me? My email is smileyatgoodnewsloves.com. I'd love to hear your story of who you ask and how it went. And Some of you say, well, how do you do that? Why not today when you're having lunch? It's okay if people are here. Just ask the people around your table. Who is Jesus? Tomorrow, when you're on the bus or you're having lunch or having dinner, someone went, hey, we're just doing a little research in our church. Could I ask you a question? Who is Jesus? Every week I've brought someone up to show you it's not that hard. It's not that hard. You can do it. But Smiley, what if they give a wrong answer? You're just asking them who they think, who is Jesus? Now, if they ask you back, if they ask you back, it's really important that you're prepared. That's why I've done this message, so that you're ready. If they ask you who is Jesus, you can say Jesus is fully God and fully man. And then, if they say, well, could you explain, could you explain that more to me? Listen, stop by the resource center, pick up a, a Do You Know booklet, you can just read it to them. Read it to them. The power is in the gospel, not in you. Read it to them. Jesus is God who became a man in the person of Jesus Christ, died on the cross for our sins and rose from the grave and offers us the free gift of eternal life. Offer them the gift. Invite them to respond. The power is not in the gospel, or is not in you. It's in the, it's in the gospel. So there. This week, the part of the story we learned is really, really important. It's who Jesus is. Jesus is fully God and fully man. And this week, I plead with you, when you go out, just ask someone the question. Ask someone the question, who is Jesus? Listen, I will. Won't you join us? Let's see what will happen when we all ask someone this week, who is Jesus? Let's pray. Jesus, I'm so thankful that you entered into this world through the womb of a teenage mother, that you were willing to spend nine months in a womb, 33 years here on earth, living in the neighborhood, living a perfect life, dying in our place, rising and offering us salvation. Thank you. And listen, if you're here today and you've never been saved, there'll never be a better day than today. Won't you believe in him? Won't you admit to him? Jesus, I've sinned against you, and, and I'm sorry. And won't you believe, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. And won't you commit to him? Jesus, I want you to come in and be my Savior. 
and forgive me and, and give me eternal life. I want you to be Lord of my life. Help me be the person you want me to be. Well, if you've done that for the first time, won't you mark it on your Connect card? We'd love to celebrate with you or tell someone it'll make Jesus more real to you. Jesus, I pray for those of us who've believed in you, that this week we would remember that you are our Savior and Lord, and we would hear you say, follow me, and we would. And Lord, help us to remember this week that you're our model in life and ministry, and help us to follow you, both in life and ministry. And Lord, this week, help us to remember that you understand what life is like so we can come to you and get grace and mercy to help in time of need. And Lord, I pray this week that all of us would ask at least one person, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? And we pray in Jesus' name, amen.